0: the
1: clowns on the left.
0: And the jokers on the right.
1: And join Michael Smirconish right here, in the middle.
0: This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Hey gang, breaking news from New York. In line with the conversation that I was just having with Ellie Honig, March the 25th, looks like it is the Alvin Bragg prosecution of Donald Trump in the Stormy Daniels case. So everything we were just talking about, seems to be coming to fruition as we await word from the Supreme Court of the United States. Not, not so much about the outcome of Trump's immunity claim. I believe that will be a fail. I'm not sure when, but it's all in the process. Do they issue a stay? How do we get to that final word from the court? And will they stay the proceedings at the trial level on the January 6th prosecution pending before Judge Tanya Chutkin? I raised the prospect with Ellie that it could mean... The first case is actually the Stormy Daniels case, and that is now more likely, more likely than it was 20 minutes ago. Doug Sosnick was a senior advisor to President Bill Clinton from 1994 to the year 2000. His periodic memos on the political big picture are legendary. He has advised over 50 governors and U.S. senators. He recently wrote for The New York Times under the headline, Biden can't count on Trump's unpopularity anymore. It's always nice to have him on the program. Doug, I so appreciate you thinking of Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Ronald Reagan, and Jimmy Carter. What are the proper comparisons?
1: Well, I think that even though Joe Biden is... uh Sitting president running for re election. I think that Donald Trump, since the moment he took office in, in 2017, has been the dominant figure in American politics. And whether he's on the ballot or not on the ballot, every single election cycle, going back from 2018 to 2020, 2022, 2023, uh, Trump is the dominant figure that, from which, are, in a sense, the North Star from which all politics flows. Uh, and uh, so far for Republicans, Um, Since he's become president, they've lost every election cycle. So to the extent there's an analogy back to 1980, in 1980, Jimmy Carter, as the sitting president, was really the dominant figure, and the election was largely about him, uh, as it, I think, will be in November for Trump. Um, By the same token, there are some similarities between uh, uh, Biden and and Ronald Reagan back in 1980, um, having to do with the fact that while they The country didn't want to vote for the dominant figure. Um, They had questions uh, about Reagan, and they do currently about Biden, um, surrounding largely, or in part at least, around their age. And so the burden was on Reagan in 1980 to convince people that it was safe enough to vote for him. Uh, And people didn't want to vote for Carter, but they had those doubts about Reagan. And I think Biden is facing those same challenges now uh, where I think the majority of the country Uh, does not want to vote for for Donald Trump, Um, that doesn't give Biden a free pass. He has a burden um, to convince people, particularly given his age, um, that he's up to the job for another four years as president. And so I think that's why in many ways – well, it's a little bit counterintuitive. I think in many ways the 2024 election is similar to the 1980 election
0: counterintuitive because Reagan was then the challenger. You're comparing him to Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the incumbent. It was Jimmy Carter who was the incumbent in that cycle.
1: Right. Well, also, I think superficially, though, it's pretty easy to connect the dots between the fact that both Reagan, excuse me, both Carter and Biden are the incumbents. They're both running for a second term. Um, And secondly, um, both of their job approvals are at, at, since the invention of modern polling after World War II, Carter and Biden both had the lowest job approvals of any president seeking a re-election. So on the surface, I think you could certainly connect you know, Biden and Carter as having more in common and being more length. But I think in this case, uh, Biden has more in common with Reagan.
0: But isn't it also true, Doug, that if we applied the quote unquote misery index for those who remember to the current climate, it would actually be to Biden's benefit where it was a huge liability for Jimmy Carter. Well, I think that the, the
1: economic trends today going into the election are actually quite different, as you point out, than 1980. Uh, in 1980. In um, 1980, we actually had a mild recession from January in, uh, until July of 1980. Um, uh, inflation was going up throughout that year. Unemployment is going down. Uh, 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 unemployment was going up in 1980 uh, as well throughout the year. Uh, and in case of, uh, of, of now in 2024, uh, inflation has gone way down. The unemployment rate is still below uh, 4%. And consumer confidence has increased significantly uh, in the last three months. So elections are about the future. They're not about the past. And the, the trend lines going into the 80 election for Carter were, were increasingly negative and, Uh, conversely, in 2024, uh, the economic trend lines are are going in a positive direction. Although I I do think it's important to point out that we should not assume that given the the changes in our politics in this country, we shouldn't assume that Biden is going to necessarily reap the benefits of this economic improvement. He he has not so far, uh, but generally speaking, politics is a lagging indicator of how people feel, and it takes several months between how Someone might feel uh, a change of how they feel, and how it would show up um, uh, in the polling.
0: This is the Smirkanish podcast from Sirius XM. The Michael Smirkanish program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on POTUS Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Doug Sosnick was a senior advisor to President Bill Clinton from 1994 through the year 2000. One other 1980 question, if I might, because you wrote something for The New York Times that I remember well, and that's the importance of that one debate between Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan and the doubts about Reagan that were put to rest. I'm not sure we're even going to have a debate, much less debates in this cycle. Will you say a word about the importance of the debate issue in a general election? Should it be Joe Biden against Donald Trump?
1: Well, I think that uh, uh, Trump is, ironically, given the fact that Trump didn't want to participate in any of the uh, debates in the Republican primary, I think Trump is going to be very aggressive and trying to debate biden as much as possible in the campaign i think he i think trump feels first of all he's a better debater than biden but probably secondly and most importantly uh, i think he feels like uh, getting biden on a stage for an extended period of time um, will will be a a visual demonstration to people of biden's age um, and that he doesn't have the endurance um, for another four years as president and that he'll uh, make a number of gaffes so i think that the campaign um, will be uh, the, the interesting part of this campaign is going to be to see how Biden reacts to these challenges by Trump. But I think that the, the debates will be a central part of Trump's campaign uh, in the uh, in the fall against Biden.
0: Do you think I regard 2020 as having been a referendum on Donald Trump and Trump losing the referendum? I I'm not disrespecting the president, President Biden, when I say that I don't think he really defeated Donald Trump so much as Donald Trump defeated Donald Trump. My question for Doug Sosnick in 2024, is it more a referendum on either of them, more on Trump, more on Biden, or is it a wash?
1: Well, so I pointed out a minute ago, I'll just repeat it. I mean, the the 2018 elections, the 2020 elections, the 2022 elections and the 2023 elections, for that matter, have all been referendums on Donald Trump. Now that doesn't automatically mean that the 2024 election will be about Trump. Um, but, but since Trump is, is taking over, uh, and dominated the scene in American politics, um, that the elections have been about Donald Trump. If you look at the exit polling from 2020, um, you see that overwhelmingly, uh, the people who voted for Biden, uh, were voting not so much for Biden as they were against Trump. And, and if you go back, uh, to the last 40, 50 years, um, Biden is the first person elected president since 1988 when uh, George H.W. Bush was basically elected for a third Reagan term. Biden is the first president since Bush to get elected without a political base. Um, so, back to your question uh, really, at the end of the day, the most imp- one of the, probably the most important question uh, as you look at towards the end of the campaign and look back on it is what is this campaign all about? If it's a referendum on Biden, I think Trump will win. If it's a referendum of the Biden presidency versus the Trump presidency, um, I don't know what will happen, but I can tell you at least currently, uh, the country has a much more favorable feeling about the four years of Trump as president compared to Biden based on all the polling. Um, if it's a referendum uh, about the future direction of this country, uh, then I think it's probably a 50-50 race that might even be leaning a little bit more towards Biden if it's, a, if it's an election about the future and not about the past. And lastly, um, if it is a referendum uh, on Trump, um, then Biden uh, will win. Uh, but Biden, I think we if you could take one lesson from Hillary Clinton's loss in 2016, where she essentially made the entire campaign um, uh, uh, about Donald Trump and not uh, really uh, offering a, a compelling alternative narrative about what she would do as president. I think the lesson from that for Biden is he can't get elected particularly given where he is in the polling right now, he can't get elected solely making this a referendum on Trump. He's got to boost his numbers up to the mid-40s. He's currently in the high 30s. And he's got to reassure people um, that it's okay to vote uh, for him in terms of his ability um, to be a president well into his 80s.
0: I said earlier that your periodic memos are widely anticipated and extensively read and scrutinized. January 24, you published one of them and you drew attention to the 43 percent who regard themselves as I's, not as R's or D's, to which I would add to the mix. This is also a year with a lot of third party activity, some of which is still ill defined. I refer to no labels. What does Doug Sosnick say about both the independent movement and the prospect of a third party candidate or candidates playing a significant role? Well, I think the independence,
1: uh, the, the, the increased levels of independence, which is at the highest level now, I think, it's been, uh, in the last 40 years, um, is in part just a, a proxy or a reflection of the alienation um, that, that uh, increasingly Americans feel towards the political system in general uh, and the political parties in particular. Uh, and in terms of third party, I think right now uh, that's a proxy for people expressing their dissatisfaction with the choices of Trump. Uh, and Biden, which over 60% of the country doesn't want to see uh, that kind of rematch. Um, and I think as a general matter, uh, with, a, with a possible exception of Kennedy, as a general matter, um, these third, fourth, and fifth party candidacies um, will help Trump and, and almost across the board uh, will, will hurt Biden. And if you look at the 2016 election, um, they, they, these minor party candidates – Uh, really cost Hillary Clinton the election. Trump, for instance, Trump carried uh, Michigan by, I think, a little over 10,000 votes. Uh, But you saw, uh, I think it was about 175,000 people in Michigan uh, voted third, fourth, and fifth parties. And they would have all overwhelmingly, if they had, in a two-person race, they would have overwhelmingly uh, supported Clinton. So I think for Biden, the, the third-party challenge, and remember, it really only matters in the six states or so that have determine the winner of the election. It doesn't really matter in the rest of the country. Um, but for, for Biden, it's a two-pronged challenge right now. Uh, and, and, and to be clear, um, Trump is ahead in the polls nationally. Trump is ahead in the polls in the, in the key swing states. Um, this, this is a development that's really happened since the middle to late of October prior to that. Uh, Biden was nearly ahead, Um, but but, but Trump's uh, polling numbers have not really gone up in this period of time, even though he's taken the lead. What's happened is, is that Biden's support has dropped. And so third party candidacy is a challenge for Biden, not only if people were to go out and vote for the third party instead of for him, uh, but the other challenge that he has is they may ultimately decide not to vote third party, fourth party, um, but they may decide to stay home. And that would be bad uh, for Biden as well. So I think that uh, I think it's uh, probably uh, because of the the satisfaction that the uh, country has um, towards both Trump and Biden. Uh, I think the third party issue is probably going to grow in importance. And and what's singularly most important uh, is whether they get ballot access in these key battleground states. And the Green Party, which is almost certainly going to be taking vast majority of support would be away from biden if you vote for the green party Um, they're likely to be on the ballot in all the swing states Uh, no labels i think has gotten access in a a couple of the swing states uh and kennedy so far has doesn't hasn't been able to get on the ballot anywhere and the, the issue to watch on kennedy would be whether or not he would be able to negotiate a deal with the libertarian party uh, and and use that line. And if that were the case, then Kennedy would be on the ballot in all 50 states.
0: I have a final and complicated question for Doug Sosnick, and thank you for being so gracious with your time. I appreciate everything that you've just offered. You and I are having this conversation as on the cable outlets in front of me, there's a hearing in Georgia, the Fulton County prosecution of Trump and others, and simultaneously in New York, the Alvin Bragg prosecution relative to Stormy Daniels. Meanwhile, next week, we're going to find out whether the January 6th federal case is stayed or can get back on a trial calendar does everything Doug Sosnick has just told me go out the window if Donald Trump is tried before the election? Well,
1: I think the answer is it depends. I mean, I think if you're if you're uh, Donald Trump and you're looking over uh, this, you're you're looking over the screen right now of all the cable shows that you're talking about. um, If you have to have a trial, um, if you're from Trump's standpoint, you're far better off uh, having the Bragg trial first, which right now looks like it's most likely. That's the trial that's, I think, easiest for him to be able to make an argument that this is all about politics. Uh, and I think this trial is unfortunate if you, um, if, if you are not supporting Trump. I think it's unfortunate that they went forward with this trial, uh, with these charges uh, and, and having a trial. And I think it's going to be the easiest of all of these for, for Trump to be able to dodge and, and to really not have an impact. If, on the other hand, the, the, the case in DC, which is the most likely to go to trial other than the New York case, um, if that were to go to trial this summer, and if Trump were convicted of a crime, um, the current polling shows that it could have a significant impact with, a, with, a, with, with independent voters uh, and, as importantly, uh, with Republican voters who are uncomfortable with Trump, but, but right now, given the alternative with Biden, probably would support Trump. But the polling has shown uh, uh, that if Trump is convicted of a felony, uh, and I think in, in the D.C. trial, um, then I think it could have an impact in which maybe as much as 20, 25 percent of Republicans uh, would not vote for Trump if that there's was the that- uh, if there's that- a conviction.
0: That was excellent. How many times, let's just settle it now publicly on air, how many times do I get to come back to you before I've overstayed my welcome? Could we agree on like a monthly sort of thing? I think we can work that out. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, Doug. I really, really appreciate that. Really. Thank you, sir. All right. That was awesome. That was awesome. Awesome. Now you understand why everybody, you know, a bunch of political nerds like me hang on on all of his memos and their release. The man advised over 50 governors and U.S. senators. There's so much fodder for all of you, the POTUS audience. You can take any piece of what he just offered and respond to it. Uh, I choose to go only because of what's taking place at this exact moment. I choose to just comment on the very end. And I think he's right. The best you can say is it depends. When I said in a respectful manner, everything you've just offered is is very insightful and thank you very much. But does it all go out the window? Does all of the logic, all of the conventional thinking go out the window if Donald Trump is tried before the election? And he said it depends. And the simple answer that he offered, which I buy into, is which of the cases are we talking about? If it's the Alvin Bragg case, it plays into Trump's hand. Look at this. They invested all that time. They invested all that money. And the best they can do is, is a payoff to a porn star. Not the way he's going to say it. And 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 the other hand, the alternative is if it's Judge Chutkin, if it's the January 6th case, and if the polls are to be believed, you heard uh, Doug Sosnick say, you know, 25 percent of people are telling pollsters, I'm going a different direction if he's convicted. And then it's like the Nikki Haley factor. Is she still standing? I, I said something yesterday with zero humility. Z- I'm admitting it, TC. Zero humility that I think was profound. And? More more important to the longevity of Nikki Haley's campaign than how she does in South Carolina yeah. is what the Supreme Court does next week relative to timing. Oh. because if, if the Supreme Court let me say it more clearly if the Supreme Court allows the January sixth case to be listed for trial and I'm Nikki Haley I can get 1% of the vote in South Carolina I'm still going to be tempted to stick around because now the stage is clear the stage is clear and I'm the last person standing and if Trump gets convicted then maybe they come to me by rights this is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM the Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, SiriusXM XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Aztec, New Mexico. John, greetings. I think you wanted to say something in response to Doug Sosnick. What is it? Yeah, uh, let's play the game. Just like in sports, uh preseason everybody has ratings who's gonna win, even the Super Bowl. You bet a little bit, I listen to you. Yes Let's play I do the indeed. game. Let's let Manchin in there and, and with K- uh Kinzinger or Cheney as his running mate. Uh you got Kennedy in there. It's it's gonna be all different. You can't just use his old empirical data from the old times. You know, you gotta do something new. It's not it doesn't hurt Biden, the additional candidates. Biden hurts himself because that's why they came in, because people don't like Biden. Well, but simply, simply, simply stated the reason the perception of why it hurts Biden, maybe what you said, but also because Trump's support is intractable. Like these folks are for him. Nothing's going to happen, it seems, to change their minds and Biden's vote, on the other hand, is softer. They can change their mind. So that's that's the mindset that says that the more third party candidates who are in the race, the better it is for for Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, but isn't this a democracy? Why would I vote for someone I don't like when I can vote for someone I like? It's hey, I'm Schindler- looking, I'm, you know, I'm the I'm I'm not against it. I'm I'm for I want more choice. Uh, much to the disappointment of a large part of this audience, they know what I did in the 2016 election. And I, and I, I have zero regret, remorse. I'm going to vote for whoever I want to vote for. And I'm not going to sit there and say, Oh, let's see. If I do X, then Y and Z are going to forget it. I'm voting for the candidate that I want to vote for. Anyway, I think we're saying kind of the, uh, the, the same thing. Look, this guy, Doug Sosnick is brilliant. Okay. He's in a league with Mark Halpern. And the best that they are able to do, as I try to do here each and every day, is be well read, to take it all into consideration, and to offer some thoughts and to share with the audience, you know, all cards being on the table so that you can agree or disagree. But I would never, never tout my ability to be a prognosticator. I'm not making any prediction, neither's Doug, neither's Mark. It's like where are we at this moment in time? It's it's insane. The cycle is nutty every single day. I told you I'm exhausted just trying to stay informed. No one could anticipate what has already unfolded. I mean, that's why, that's why when the idea popped into my head that I've got these great editorial cartoonists drawing exclusively for my daily newsletter, I'm thinking to myself, well, wait. At the end of the year, we gather up all of those editorial cartoons and we create a book and maybe do something for a charity. And it will be a great remembrance of the insane election cycle of 2024. Call me, gang. You can get through, but only if you hustle. I'm at 855-486-1776, 855 486 And I have to say it again. I'm sorry if I'm a broken record. But the idea that we're watching everything play out in Georgia because they have cameras in the courtroom, as they should, and that we can't do it in New York, and that we can't do it in the federal courthouses is just terrible. We ought to be able to watch all of this. The country's fate is literally at stake. And if there's a right for a journalist to go in there and sit there with a pen and pad, then there ought to be a camera in the courtroom as well. I say at every opportunity that I get, I'm a believer in it. Full, full transparency, especially on a day like today. Hear more of Michael Smirkanish on SiriusXM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9
1: a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app.
0: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.
1: Michael Smirkanish for Independent Minds.